Yesenia, it's uh, the holidays. We're coming up on the end of another fantastic year. Uh, 2023 has uh, definitely been a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely been a year. It happened. And with two weeks it out. Pretty quick, actually. Yeah, it feels like this year kind of kind of flew by, especially towards we're barreling towards the end of the year. Uh, we've got two weeks before the year is over. Uh, what a year it's been for you, for me, soft boiled, the ramen raiders uh, and the world in general. Mm-hmm. But here we are yet again, uh, ready to bring the world some more soft boiled content. And we couldn't. Oh, I had a good stretch. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this one was uh, kind of spurred on, not even kind of, it was spurred on uh, by you. Me? Yeah, you. What did I do? You uh, you suggested uh, today's topic, miss. Did I suggest today's topic? You ab- when did I? <laughs> you, absolutely, you absolutely did. I can't, what the fuck? When <laughs> was this? You literally texted me like two weeks ago and were like, hey, you want to do workplace drama? Because uh, you you said, you're. we could get into it, but like, yeah, you, <laughs> I swear to God, you suggested it. DeAndre, I've had a really rough past seven days, 10 days now. I don't remember anything past these 10 days. And that much is evidence. Uh, allow me to regale your memory uh, on the other side of Ace. Workplace drama coming up next. You are now tuned in to the Soft Boiled Podcast with DeAndre and Yesenia. Your one-stop shop for all things relationships. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, Yesenia, uh, now that Ace is done and out of the way, I have the text pulled up right here. That's right. I've got the receipts right here. Uh, I won't read it word for word, but this was sent on November 22nd, a Wednesday uh, at what time? 3.31 p.m. So this was in the afternoon. Uh, And it says, uh, sorry, I was offline. I had a rough day at work, but new topic with a colon workplace drama november ah right before thanksgiving right before thanksgiving that is i know exactly why i sent that text man oh man i know exactly why (laughs) that specific day is what led me to apply for a new job that i just accepted my offer for today so here we are december 13th uh y'all will hear this first on Friday, software listeners, I accepted a new job, working at a nonprofit, still doing what I love to do, but with LGBTQ youth, uh, suicidal youth, basically, uh, it just happens to be that most of our suicidal youth that come in are part of the LGBT community. So, uh, yeah, that text led me to say, fuck this job. <laughs> I'm going to wear... I'm appreciated. I'm going to where I feel passion. And yeah, that that rings a bell now. Which is crazy because I remember when you first started, you were you were seemingly liking it for like the first few months, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, but man oh man, do how the turns tabled. 
Yes, how the turns table table led. Cause yeah, I remember after a couple months, you were like, you were you were just like, man, fuck this job, fuck these people. These people are all immature. I work with fucking children. Da 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 da. And I was like, damn, what is going on? I I thought you worked like at a therapy office or like a social services office. Uh, and to hear all this going on, I'm like, geez, what is going on? It's I okay. Like I'm gonna be real sexist and. As a woman, I think I can say this 100% and I don't care what people think. I fucking hate working with women. Like if there is not penis to buffer vagina, vagina becomes toxic as fuck. Like working with nothing but women is like hell. And it'd be different if it was like a team of like, I've worked on a team of like seven and we got along great. Yeah, we had some bickermans here or there, but everyone was adult. Um, and I think it really does show to like the nature of the work because when mm -hmm. I've worked on smaller teams with women, we get shit done. We handle our business and we we talk like adult. Right. But this current position where I'm at, the program that I'm at, it's women of all ages. Mm -hmm. It's women in like the medical field, the social work field, and then just fucking talk their way through the top. Um, and have no clinical experience whatsoever and end up in positions of power. Um, so you put like 50 women together of all different ages, of all different backgrounds. And especially because most of us are Latina too. So we all have like the strong attitude and it's just not, it's not working. Um, yeah, it was some shit, but we can get to it. Yeah, it just seems like a, shortly. yeah, it seems like a real, uh, class of styles. I almost said styles class. That's the, that's the finishing move of a wrestler. Uh, mm -hmm. But man, that, yeah, please don't let me interrupt. Please regale, not regale, but uh, enthrall us in, in this, in this whimsical tale of debauchery, uh, uh, cattiness, and what ultimately led to uh, your leaving your position, your current position for greener past tours. Okay. First and foremost, I just want to say this is all my opinion. This is all alleged because I'm not trying to have this be utilized in a court of law for some fucking reason. But honestly, I wish I wish a bitch would um, because then I can pull out my IT experience and be like, yeah, bitches lie. Anyways, so I unfortunately am no stranger to workplace drama. I'll kind of just start there. I worked at Nike, um, Nike as y'all know, is a very big capitalist corporation. Everyone shops at Nike. Like, even if you don't like Nike, you'll still be in the store for some reason. Whether it's a regular store, the outlet stores, the clearance stores, you go to Shoe Palace or Foot Locker to look for Nikes. Like, working at Nike, you had to have tough skin because it's very busy. And I was stupid enough to date a coworker, which we talked about in our... Um, workplace romance episode where I talked a little bit about uh, a boyfriend that I dated at the time, which caused drama. I also have attitude. Sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble. That kind of comes with the territory. It's not as bad as it used to be when I was younger. Um, but, you know, I feel like I've carried myself well throughout my places of employment. And it, be it really did start when I started working at Nike because I learned to get along with people who weren't my age, who were from different backgrounds, who had different opinions, things like that. So when I started working in the social work field, I would have never thought that other people who work in like the mental health field 
can be fucking bullies, can just be disgusting as people. Like, people who should not be helping other people are in this field. And it's kind of like, kind of how, like, doctors produce the most, uh, like, serial killers because uh-huh. the god complex type of thing. Right. Yeah, if there was, like, a bullying complex, it's, like, therapy. Like, people in the mental health field. Um, And, you know, I have tried to be very quote-unquote professional your white european european centric visions and views and ideas of what it comes to the word professional um i threw that out the fucking window because that's a made-up ass term and it's only just so people can act a certain way within the workplace and it's just a form of oppression let's be honest and i stopped acting that way when i was like being like bullied at one of my old jobs in the mental health field and there was text messages at, like as proof that a bitch was talking shit about me and nothing was done. I gaslit myself. I made myself feel like it was all in my head. So when I finally spoke out, once these text messages were like circulating around, um, that's when I really threw out the word professionalism because I was like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm never going to let someone do this to me again. And this isn't the place you're at now. This is a previous nope. place. This is just kind of like the preempt how right. I became okay. this, like, you're not going to fuck with me, mm-hmm. my reputation, or what I stand for. Yeah, and okay. if you're in the wrong, I'm going to fucking let you know. So that day, I texted you, I am in hella debt, y'all. I went to UC Berkeley, this quote-unquote prestigious school that really just does not offer the education that it's making you pay for and as a master yeah whatever (laughs) Um, the only thing golden about the fucking uc berkeley is literally the color gold that's in all their shit um but yeah like i paid for a master's degree that i didn't technically should have paid for because they didn't teach me anything i didn't already know i had great connections and great professors for the most part but the education did not match the price tag. So I've been applying to scholarships, to stipends, like even the like write a 500 word essay as to why you like hot dogs and we'll send you 500 bucks to help pay your tuition. Like that shit I've been doing nonstop. But sometimes for the more like, uh, like quote unquote prestigious awards or stipends, you have to do like an application. You have to send in your resume a cover letter, a letter as to why you should be chosen, your, your um, like loan uh, summary, basically like showing how much you owe, uh-huh. um, like everything, you know, your like GPA, your, your transcripts, like all of this shit. So it was a slow day for me at work. And I was like, you know what? It's slow. It's right before the holiday. Like, no one was going to come in. Like, I had a bunch of no-shows. So I decided to, like, keep going with my applications. And it's work appropriate because it's going to help me pay off my tuition so I can become licensed faster. I don't have to worry about it, you know. Just, it technically is work-related. But my dumbass decided to print out everything at work. And in the midst... Okay, well, my theory is... I printed everything out and I grabbed everything, I stapled it, I put it in like my dresser because I needed to go, not my dresser, my cabinet, because I needed to go get an envelope to, to mail out these copies. Well, 
there has been a history at my job of people going into my office and like I got my jacket stolen at my office. Mm -hmm. I have a whiteboard where I write, yeah, my jacket was stolen from my office. Um, and it was a really cute jacket. I got it at a thrift store. Um, I have a whiteboard where I write really cheesy mental health quotes, but it makes my patients laugh. Uh -huh. And someone like erased it and wrote some like Ryan Reynolds, like hella fucking smart ass quote. Like it was like a quote that's like you read it and you know someone was trying to be like mean about it type of thing. I forget what the quote says. I know I have a picture of it somewhere, but I don't have it. And then like I would come into my office and shit would be missing. Well, somehow there was a circulation of my resume and my cover letter going around my workplace Ooh. and rumors spreading that I was leaving. And this was before I was actually going to leave y'all. And of course, instead of anyone bringing it directly to me, because I work with a bunch of people who believe that they're in high school still and are in high school cliques, they're, we're talking about me. Mm. Um, and no one brought me my cover letter or my resume. So I know who did it. And I called them out on it. I like wrote a letter to the people involved. And it's just funny because they try to lie and be like, oh, well, someone gave it to them. But then there's another story that's like, oh, well, someone else found this at a different printer. Or, or like, oh, it was just randomly placed with a bunch of like referrals. And I'm like, y'all bitches fucking must happen. think I'm... Yeah, like y'all bitches must think I'm fucking stupid because that's not how printing works, first of all. I can't just send. So if y'all don't know, let me give y'all some education here. The way printing mapping works is very singular, meaning if you are printing from point A to point B, there is no other letter in the alphabet. It goes from point A to point B. Point A being your computer, point B being the printer you selected. If you print to two different places, they will only go to those two different places. But there's no other way for your one file from point A to go to point W if you selected point B. Just not how that works. So of course I do my little IT nerdiness that I know how to do to prove their theory wrong, or their excuse I should say, because they were like, oh, well you printed it to the wrong printer. And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm connected to two printers. And I know which one I sent it to. So I debacled that excuse. And then I called in my support team. And we found out that the only way that copy was made was through an actual copy scan. Meaning someone had the master and made a physical scan. Like they put it in the scanning part of the printer, closed it down, hit copy. Like that. And I'm just like, that means someone went into my office, they violated my space, they violated my privacy, and kind of, quite frankly, confidentiality, like it extends to people I work with, but also it's as a need-to-know basis. So if you're not a provider or a case manager, well, they're technically providers too. But if you're not a provider, you shouldn't be looking at patient information. You just, we don't just pull up people's charts, you know what I mean? Just for fucking shits and giggles. No. You pull up a patient's chart if it's relevant to you because you're giving them care. Even if it just means you're sending them a, a message saying like appointment reminders, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I professionally, as people say, went off on the people I needed to go off on. 
And it was just like the last straw for me because working at this place, it's just been fucking ridiculous. As a therapist, I should not be stressed out about structural issues because if I have to be stressed about structure and systems, there is no way I can help my patients because they're operating under me through these structures and systems. Basically meaning I shouldn't have to worry about patients being forced into eating disorder programs if they were misdiagnosed. Right. Meaning that doctors don't have enough education and think every single person who doesn't have an appetite is anorexic. And every single patient shouldn't automatically be like on the verge of committing suicide, aka they're just crying in the doctor's office and a doctor doesn't know how to console them. Like that's I feel like that's basic like med school 101 is how to console and validate a patient's feelings. And if it's not, doctors really need to go back and take a fucking, like, hospitality class. Um, Like, every time we would get, like, a call and be like, oh, like, a patient's crying, like, they're suicidal. And then it pushes, like, my schedule back with people who are actually suicidal. Because when I get to the doctor's office, it's not that the patient's suicidal. It's just that the doctor didn't want to console a crying person. And if they say they're suicidal, they know we come running because we take it serious. It's like the boy who cried with wolf type of thing. Right. So it's just like a broken ass system. And I just refuse to operate underneath it. And like, it just sucks because at the end of the day, like, I feel so bad for the patients because it's a community clinic. This is kind of all they have, especially if you're undocumented. So if this is a shitty system you have to work with, like, what does that mean for actual patient care? And obviously for me right now, it's a little bit more extreme because I provide services, like uh, crucial services to people, like life or death services sometimes for people. So for me, it's like, I take this to heart and it really sucks that I came to the conclusion that it's not worth my mental health to keep operating at this place, but it's something I have to do if I'm ever going to continue working in this field. Um, but yeah, dude, like, it was fucking intense. And, like, <laughs> so my train of thought is, is if bitches want to act like they're in fucking high school, I will whoop your fucking ass like we are in high school. Do not talk about me. Do not talk sideways about me. Do not speak or breathe my name. Like, Mind your fucking business, be an adult, be a grown-ass fucking woman, and just be, like, a decent human at that. Yeah, otherwise so, you're gonna get your wig snatched. Literally. So, like, having to deal with that and navigating that drama, I can't even imagine, because I'm putting in my, t my, my notice tomorrow. So tomorrow, that'll be the 14th, which is a Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, Y'all are going to be hearing this a Friday. So I'll, we'll have to do a little touch base of what happened. Like, I'm not even looking forward to putting my, my notice in because it's going to cause more drama and more yeah. tension. And like, my mom, like, I'm trying to prioritize my mom's health. So for those that have been wondering where the fuck have DeAndre and Yesenia been the past few weeks, my mom's been really ill. And so... Just with the holidays and, and like me having to focus on my mom, we've taken a break from soft boiled. Um, so the timing of it is just really sucks. You know, I'm stressed out about my mom, stressed out about my job. And it just, that's not my priority anymore. Like I am 
they're going to replace me regardless. And they're, I am not getting anything out of this job. So for me, it's like I'm tired of pouring in to a place that's not pouring back into me. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. This was Yesenia. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's totally fair. You know, like you give so much to a place, even if you haven't been there for very long, you know, you want to go into every opportunity giving it your all and show that you're a good worker and you're a team player and all this stuff. And then for you to only get dick in return is, you know, that's, it, you know, it's, it's a tough spot. Um, like, yeah, no one ever wants to feel like they're not appreciated or they're not working hard enough or, yeah, your coworkers are just a bunch of teenage bitches, you know, like no one, no one wants to be around that, that sort of, uh, I, what, I don't know how else to put it, but the best word I can't, immaturity, mm-hmm. you know, like we're all grown adults. Like you said, act like it. We're not in high school unless you want to act like we're in high school, then okay, well, we'll play ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sorry, that sucks that you had to, you know, go through all that shit with, with your coworkers and whatnot. Um, like I, 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 me where I work at now, um, the only women that are there, except for one, the only women that are there are all up in an office and they sit like 10 feet from each other. And there's three of them, sometimes four on a good day, if you can get the fourth one to show up. But on a good day, there's three of them. Uh, and it's gotten a lot better now. But uh, before, like when I first started, man, these ladies up front were catty. Like, I yeah. mean, you, someday you could just walk in and you could just feel the tension in the air. And it's like, geez, oh, what? I hate that. And it's like, what the hell happened up here? Y'all are supposed to be customer service representatives answering phones taking orders and stuff and then yet i come up here or anyone else comes up here and it's and and it's and it's like it's like the mood is just you could just cut it with a knife the tension and then uh and i got i got in good with one of them so she would tell me all the drama that that would be going on up there like oh she's she's not answering phones she's pretending to be doing work on the computer or writing stuff down and me and me and homegirl over there got to pick up her slack and she's always making mistakes and all this other bullshit and i'm like yeah that and you know and of course again like not to play the sexist card but they again they are all women so i'm not sure how much of a factor that plays into it but i'm you can tell me i'm sure that plays a big factor in Mm -hmm. in in all of it it does uh, but it, like I said, it has gotten a little bit better. Um, now there's, I would say there's not as much, but it's still, it's still there. Mostly just from one person. I can tell you, um, like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in, not go in on this lady, but like speak my little two cents about this, this, this lady I work with. She's, she is, um, older, I don't know how old, man. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe 50s. not be so descriptive of her because if she were to ever listen to this, she might. Be oh, able she doesn't know how to work a computer. She ain't never gonna hear this. Okay. <laughs> um, but she, but she's also um, uh, an African American lady. Just to put that out there, right? So, uh, Yesenia, uh, as you know, uh, I, um, you know, my dating, my dating life. I, I loved the 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 white women right uh mm-hmm. she and, and and i know this isn't like a her thing per t- per se but like a lot of black women get very upset when they hear black men 
don't like black women or I don't like, I shouldn't say don't date black women or don't go for a black woman. They mm-hmm. feel as though every single one of them feel as though it's an attack on them, that they're not good enough and like a what's wrong with me type of way. Mm-hmm. And she, she would do this thing where, um, like I would, I, cause when I first started, I, I, I was like kind of flirty with another, with another CSR. Uh, and I talked about that in the, in the work workplace uh romance uh episode Mm -hmm. as you mentioned earlier i talked about that before and she she would she hated it like oh my god anytime i go up there and say hi to my say hi to say hi to homegirl like hey girl how's your weekend all that stuff you know just being like super super flirty super friendly she would always go she would always be in the background going or like oh my god like under her breath just being you know real bitchy about it not like bitchy about it but just you could tell she she is super upset and anytime that like the topic of like who i'm into or anything that kind of stuff brought up in like passing her conversation she would always be like why don't you why don't you like uh like the sisters and all that stuff i'm like well do you see your attitude first of all (laughs) like do you see your reaction to how i'm not giving you attention uh like first of all i am my own person right who i decide to give my time and attention to is none of your business this body this mind this soul is not for you so sorry not sorry that you feel some type of way because i as a black man am not giving you the attention you feel like you should be getting from another black man that's not my that's a you problem that's not a me problem Mm -hmm. Uh, there's some underlying insecurities there that you need to work on, baby girl. Uh, but also, she she would always talk about uh, how, uh, oh, growing up, uh, men would always chase after me. I don't ever chase after no man. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm, I'm definitely not chasing after you. <laughs> and I don't want to be chased after you, Missy. So um, we're, we're, we're on the same page here, like, I don't want you. You don't want me. Leave it at that. Uh, so, but I, I, again, like just the whole me, us, I guess us being black, it, it's a, it's a bit of a different perspective. Um, some one that both of us can, can understand where each other are coming from, but I don't know. To me, it, it's, I, I think the black community has a lot of work to do in like those types of, uh, in, how they think about mixed relationships or interracial relationships. Cause a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of them are so stuck in their ways, men and men included, not just women, but men included. Uh, they are just so set in their ways of black men should only be dating black women and vice versa. And I, and I, I think I've talked about this before uh, on soft boil, but like, I do not prescribe to that ideology. I think it's a toxic one. I think it's a bad one. I think mm-hmm. we, as uh, the black community need to get past that and move past that because what's right for you is not right for everybody. Not everybody wants to keep the gene pool pure and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's just not, it's not a healthy way of thinking. You know what I mean? It's really not. Uh, there's someone out there for everyone. And if that someone is not of your ethnicity that's fine. That is okay. That doesn't make them lesser. That doesn't make them different. It's, it's the heart wants what the heart wants, you know, but yeah, this lady, I still work with her to this day. She's gotten a lot better. She's gotten a lot more chill. We don't really have any problems now that none of that stuff ever really comes up. 
she's gotten a lot more mellow. So uh, I, I appreciate her for that. You know what's wild is that's definitely a like traditional like Mexican viewpoint too. Really? And not to stir too far away from the, the main topic, but yeah, like I've been told my whole life to, well, for my Mexican family, I was told my whole life to, to get with the Mexican, someone who speaks Spanish because it's just easier. And, you know, the one Mexican I did, well, technically I did too, but I only count one. So the one Mexican that I did date, you know, he was from Mexico, spoke Spanish, you know, so like, yeah, my family loved him. Especially like my aunts and my uncles specifically. And it was it was nice. There's a lot of cultural aspects that I don't have to explain to a fellow traditional born, first generation born Mexican person. But for me, I have always dated white men. Um, you know, I've I've date like boyfriends at least have been majority white. Um, like going on dates, but then like didn't really go anywhere was, you know, other races, mixed races, my current boy toys, mixed race. Um, oh, that's a whole thing in itself. Soft boiled. Y'all are getting a lot of fucking <laughs> today. Um, so that'll be a, on the 2024 episode, uh, life updates. Um, but kind of going back to the topic, um, you know, my mom, she actually has a lot of workplace drama and, she actually works with the predominantly Filipino women, but it's still like a pretty high population of Filipinos, both men and women, but just majority women. And my mom is the type of person that she gets a little shy and like, I think timid about her English because she does speak with an accent. Um, but one thing my mom hates is when she's with other Mexicans in her room and they speak Spanish with people who don't speak Spanish because my mom never wants mm. to be seen as rude yeah. or disrespectful. But also if you're in a room with other people and you're not, they're not speaking the language that you speak or that you can understand, you're going to assume they're talking shit. Yeah. Wow. My mom fucking hates when they start speaking Tagalog because she doesn't understand it. And for her, she's like, that's discrimination. And it is like, they have like work meetings in Tagalog. And I told my mom, I'm like, you better fucking report that because that's discrimination. Like, how are they going to have a meeting in a language you don't speak? And on top of that, like, it's like there should be rules on that, at least in my personal opinion. Because if I'm having a meeting in Spanish and there's a non-Spanish speaker there, the least they can do is have a translator. But I also don't work for a Spanish company and it's not the expectation to speak Spanish. So if we were having a meeting in Spanish, I'd be like, why the fuck are we not having this meeting in English? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a little like judgmental or bias or like prejudice of me or whatever. Quite frankly, I don't really give a fuck because at the end of the day, you are making someone uncomfortable. You are excluding a person. And for me, like that's unjust and that's unethical, especially in a workplace. I mean, also, um, in a workplace, I would imagine you would have meetings uh, with in a language that everybody can understand, which uh, I would assume is very much English, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, to, to kind of like tie in the, the romance pieces, but um, to like my mom's workplace drama, there was this one time where I guess we're also tying in workplace romances. <laughs> there was this one time where my sister worked there and she was dating a coworker. And, you know, my sister's Mexican. This man was, I'm, I'm assuming Filipino, but I could be wrong. I think he could have been another, like, Pacific Islander type. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, 
there was a lot of drama because of this relationship. And then, you know, like, I don't know if his stepmom worked there or his mom worked there, but one of his parents worked there. My mom worked there. My mom didn't have an issue with it. But I guess, like, his mom or stepmom was like, no, you should only be dating, like, Filipino women or, like, our kind, basically. I'm assuming he was Filipino. I'm, I'm like, 90% sure he was Filipino. Um, And it was just this whole thing about how, like, she, they wanted to keep their line, like, pure or whatever. And, you know, for me, my mom and my sister, we just kind of laughed it off because we're like, what the fuck? Like, me and my sister grew up with the Filipino step family. So my stepmom is Filipino. Yeah. And her her own mom used to tell me to date a white boy with blue eyes and blonde hair so my babies can have beautiful blonde curly hair and blue eyes. You know? So, like, I'm pretty sure if... I mean, that's very specific, right? Like, Bay, Bay Area Filipinos. But if they didn't care that I... Like, that their daughters were dating Mexicans and, you know, black men and you know, other Pacific Islander or Asian men, like, I didn't think a lot of Filipinos families, and maybe that was for sure naive of me at a, at a young age, but yeah, it's just hella funny because, like, for my mom's job, like, they're older people, you know, my mom's 50, so a lot of people are either her age or older, so when I hear this workplace drama, I'm always like, I, I make fun with my mom, I'm like, mom, why don't you just break Becky's hip, like, just push it down the stairs <laughs> real quick. Because, man, like, I thought I had work drama, but she'd be having some stories. And I'd be like, Mom, you fight her? She's like, no, I'm not going to hit her. I was like, bitch, I would. Sometimes you just got to hit a bitch. Honestly. Oh, my God. I, I just, you, you, speaking of hitting people, holy shit, you just triggered a memory. Uh, this happened maybe, like, six months ago. Uh, there was a fight at my work. <laughs> what like i'm talking no, no i swear i oh i cannot so uh so we had so it was between a full-time worker and a temp who we like just hired on maybe like maybe like uh, maybe like two or three weeks after uh the, and then and then he got into this altercation so it was two guys um both of them are are mexican one speaks you know english and spanish uh the other one kind of speaks english a little bit um he can understand like certain words and whatnot but he gets by um but he you know predominantly speaks spanish he's a very very nice kid like we all we all liked him you know he was a good worker and, and all that stuff you know the language barrier was something we could work around um but yeah he was overall a nice kid and everything right so but we the one thing about him he did have a little bit of a i like I should say an attitude problem, but he could get, he, he could get an attitude, right? Sometimes not like terrible, like throwing fits or anything or tantrums or whatever, but you could just tell like, sometimes he'd be in a bad mood about some stuff. Um, so, uh, there was one, there was one day, this is maybe like two weeks before this, this went down. Uh, the manager, you know, calls, we had a morning meeting every morning with the warehouse crew, you know, anyone got any questions, comments, concerns for me or anyone else, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he was like cracking down on people being on their phones while they're doing their work. And which, I mean, of course, that's kind of a safety hazard, especially being in a workplace or, or being in a warehouse, you know, you want people paying attention and whatnot. And he wasn't calling anyone out specifically, but he was sort of directing that towards, towards the, uh, temp, uh, mm -hmm. the new guy, he sort of was directing that towards him. Um, but he was speaking in generalities, um, towards everybody to not single anyone out and again the this is kind of where 
the anger from this point boiled over into the fight. So the the full time uh, worker was translating in Spanish to the, to the new guy. You know, hey, don't be on, don't you can't be on your phone all that much. You know, while you're you know doing your work, all this stuff. And I guess he took it the wrong way and was, you know, in a mood and they wrote, they also rode home together because, uh, full-time guy gave part-time dude, uh, picked him up to and from work every day. So they had to ride together and deal with all that shit. So one morning, uh, dude comes in, both of them come in. Right. Uh, Mm. and, a week prior to this, they were both like not really talking to each other. Something had happened, I guess. They weren't really chatting with each other. They were just sort of like avoiding each other, right? But this one morning, I guess it just finally had boiled over. And, uh, you know, it, it, this is nine in the morning, by the way. Like everybody's just coming into work. No one, n- no one should be having this much energy at nine in the morning. <laughs> he, they come in, uh, the full the full time guy, he's like he's like hey loco, and and from that moment I was like oh it's about I was like dude oh no it's about to go down because I thought he was gonna ask him like hey are we good or something like that but he said hey loco and he started speaking Spanish hello loud and I was like oh shit and then the other dude starts shouting in Spanish hello loud and I'm like oh god here it goes it's about to go down right now it went from shouting for about two seconds and then I kid you not mm-hmm. two uh, and it happened so quick. Like one second they were shouting, and the next thing you know, some dude, one of them threw their phone at each other. I don't remember who, but a phone got thrown, and the next thing I know, fists are flying. Oh, and no. and these guys are swinging, swinging, and then like I said, it happened so quick. It, it lasted for maybe about five to ten seconds before people were over there breaking it up and everything. We get them separated. And they're shouting at each other in Spanish and all this kind of stuff. And it again, nine in the morning. I'm 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 trying to leave for my route to get on the road to go make my deliveries. And I had to deal with this. I had to deal with this shit at nine in the morning. I was like, I was like, oh my god. I was like, someone's I was like, yeah, someone's gonna get fired for this, obviously. And you will never guess who did not get fired. It was crazy. The guy, the, the full-time guy who pretty much for all intents and purposes started the fight because he started shouting and he threw the first punch. Um, he ended up getting to keep his job um, because I guess they got testimonies from the people that saw and everything. And I think it all kind of went towards his way of like, he didn't really start it, I mm-hmm. guess. So, and the other guy was new. Well, like, not thrown the first punch, but he didn't start the argument type shit. Yeah, so yeah, it was something along those lines. Like they were asking me, like, "What did you see?" And I was like, "Oh, I saw this." Uh, they said that a phone got thrown. I didn't really see a phone. I'll be honest, I didn't see a phone get thrown because my back was towards. Uh, they, they were like parallel in front of me, so one was standing in front of the other, so I could only see so much. Oh, I saw one. Wow. I didn't. I didn't see a phone get thrown, but I did see fists. I, I mean, that was that wasn't easy to avoid. That wasn't hard to avoid. But yeah, that shit, man. And then the rest of the day was like, you know, the the air in the room was was you know low. You know, people weren't really like talking to each other. It was you know fresh. Like we all just witnessed a fight at work. You know what I mean? Like how often does that happen? Mm-hmm. Like how how much do you have to not like someone to to 
throw throw hands in the workplace you know as much as i don't like the people i work with sometimes like i not now but i like the, i love the people i work with but even uh at old jobs like does it really need to go to blows are we serious uh, that's wild because it's like you just have to reach like a certain level of like you the a line was crossed to like get physical don't get me wrong i'll be wanting to slap people at work all the time mm-hmm. um and you know i just don't because well now that i have a reputation and i'm building my career like yeah i'm not gonna i, I guess it, for me it's more of like my own insecurity of i don't want people to to think i'm ratchet but i know i'm ghetto and right. I can talk to you like I talk or I could talk to you as the Berkeley educated little brown noser. Like, I'm gonna make you look stupid regardless. But if I have to get hood with you, man, oh, man. And, you know, like, for me, I think it's my own perception of like, how I want to be viewed, obviously, right? How I want to carry myself. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, I get insecure about people throwing in my face that I'm ghetto. Um, and I was raised... I, I was raised in suburban ghetto, y'all. So it's it's not that bad. But like, I couldn't go to fucking. Sc- I couldn't walk to school for like a month straight because of how many gunshots would go off at fucking seven o'clock in the morning. Like, literally, some stranger pulled me into the laundry mat because they were there was a drive by and like there was hella people out. And this guy recognized me being my brother's sister, and he was like, "That's so and so's sister." Like, um, so you know, it's like. I had to go to live with my dad for a while because I couldn't, like, you just couldn't even walk outside, you know? My parents didn't want that for us. Um, and for people that are like, oh, yes, and you're like, you grow up in blah, 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 like, that's the suburbs, like, it's hella white. Like, yeah. And they pushed all the fucking low-income people in one neighborhood, whether you were a Norteño, a Sureño, a Blood, a Crip, a this or that, you know? Like, we were all in the same neighborhood, so when when shit happened, shit happened. But... I love growing up where I grew up because I do have street smarts. And luckily, because I was always like in charge of taking care of everybody, I made school something I'm really good at. I couldn't do sports or anything else. So education was my, you know, forte basically. Um, And because of that, I, I was able to get a master's degree. And I think I really hold myself to a standard of like, I don't ever want to get that low with people. And I'm really starting to unlearn that I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just don't, you know. Um, I have more to lose now, and I'm really trying to pride myself on that. Because some workplace drama is just not worth it. And, like, I'm going to still let you know you're stupid. <laughs> so, like, you know how I am. I don't let people fucking get away with shit. No, if you're being disrespectful, not. if you're being unjust, if you're being unfair... Even if it's not to me, but if it's someone that's in my vicinity or I'm in the room, I don't care if we're friends or not. If I feel like you're just being a shitty human, I'm going to let you know. Um, But unfortunately, that does get me in trouble a lot at work. Um, Not at my current place of employment because I fucking wish someone would because I got receipts to pull up on everybody. But at other places, I've gotten in trouble. Like when I worked at Gap, when I worked. Oh, I didn't last at Ulta. I worked at Ulta for like two weeks, y'all. And I left. Well, they made all the people of color uh, take in truck while the white staff got to be like pretty much doing their makeup and being up at the registers. And I was like, why you got the people that are of color 
doing the hard labor. I was like, this is modern day slavery and someone didn't like that. And I was like, you're either offended because I'm right or you're offended because I'm right. Like, what explanation do you have that the two Mexicans and the three black uh, women are doing truck, busting our asses off, and the two white girls are up at the registers talking all day? Mm, yeah, you know, like, that didn't see that as suspicious. On. So it was shit like that. Um, you know, I got written up at Nike a few times. I don't think I ever got written up at Gap when I worked at Gap. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, but, you know, I think most importantly, like, something I have definitely have learned since being in, like, the field is how much, like, your our jobs are really just not our lives. Like, this idea of working five days a week, being at this workplace 40 hours a week, we make it our whole identity and then we're fucking 70 and didn't get to live a life because we were working all the time. And I just don't want to be 70 wishing and regretting. <laughs> and I definitely don't want to be like old and be like, damn, I wish I would have slapped that bitch in the face. <laughs> yeah, that whole like corporate identity thing, it certainly is real. Like you get so swept up in your job sometimes that you just sort of miss out on life. That was me for like four years when I worked at Six Flags. It didn't start out that way, but it certainly was going towards that way. Uh, I think maybe the first time I quit, not the second time I quit. I think the first time I quit, um, that, uh, that, I think that really taught me a lot about myself about being overworked and underpaid. <laughs> like I remember, and, and me and me and Merrick, uh, another former, ramen raider uh who i'm still desperately trying to get on this podcast um we we used to work there together and we could tell you stories for days about our time there uh drama with the singers and dancers we used to have uh the trainers our our supervisors and managers like we could go on and on about workplace drama with with that that place but Mm -hmm. i think the thing that um that I don't know about him, but at least for me, it really taught me myself about myself was that like, man, uh, you could give so much of your time and your soul and your energy and your spirit to a place and absolutely get nothing back. Kind of like how we were talking about earlier, you know, you don't want to feel underappreciated at a place. And I really felt like I'm not going to say like I'm not going to sit here and say like we were underappreciated because as much of a thankless job uh, as uh as it was like at the end of at the end of it uh the long nights uh we'd be out there from like nine in the morning till like 11 at night or midnight or one in the morning sometimes you know it'd be long days i'm talking like taking two lunches type days um like at the end of at the end of it on most nights are are the managers or, or the whoever was like in charge of us it would be only like two people one of them would they would say you know thanks you know we'll see you tomorrow like as as, as like as passive as it is like a thanks i'll see you tomorrow type shit from like a manager or whatever like even just hearing a thank you is kind of like oh, okay cool like this it's not like all for nothing i guess but like just just even hearing those two words kind of goes a long way because you are breaking your back this a lot of the all of what we did was labor you know putting up the haunted houses setting up the lights uh around the park to uh and the fog machines and the two the fake tombstones you see around for like halloween time and fright fest and whatnot uh 
even for Christmas, when we'd pull up all the Christmas lights around the park, who do you think did that? That was me. <laughs> that was me and my, and my team. You feel me? Like that shit. And it was long hours, you know, working, uh, when the park wasn't open Monday through Friday, uh, even sometimes on the weekends, uh, after the park closed, all that kind of stuff, you know, just, mm-hmm. just running yourself ragged to get this stuff done on deadlines and whatnot. Um, it's it's grueling and it sucked and i and i said to myself i'm never going to do this for a company ever again you know no matter how much i get paid uh i'm not gonna give up enough of myself to where all i do is wake up go to work go to sleep and rinse and repeat you know yeah i i don't want to do that anymore and i'm kind of doing that i'm kind of falling back into that right now with what i'm doing now um but only because um my my manager was like because after ever since our my so just for preference my company got bought on october 1st we're under a new company and all that stuff and they have like a whole new set of rules and whatnot my manager was like hey they're you know you can get as much overtime as you want from now until the end of the year and i was like big bet so pretty much since November, I've been working from like six in the morning till like five uh, in the afternoon. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 been pretty crazy. Like my checks have been pretty nice. I'm not gonna lie, but like what I I say I even said it to myself if they offer this past January or past December, I'm not taking it because mm-hmm. right now I am so incredibly tired, like almost every day. But the caveat to that is uh, I do get to have a little bit of a social life. I still get my weekends. That's the thing I hated about Six Flags. Of course, the weekends thing was always, yeah. you know, was, it was always a big bummer and whatnot. As chill, as chill as my job was at that place. I hated working weekends, but, you know, it, it did. It had it has its pros and cons and whatnot. But uh, speaking of, oh, my God. So since it's the holidays and whatnot, I'm gonna I'm gonna spread a little uh holiday mischief because there was some there was some drama between the singers and dancers. I think one of the last years I worked there, there was one guy, he was flamboyantly homosexual, right? I mean, like super out there. You could tell, you know, just by looking at him, it was like, oh he's oh like, yeah, he's definitely um Nice, nice dude and everything for the most part, but total diva. I'm talking capital D I V A, right? Wait, question. Is mm-hmm. he was he one of those was he one of the um like gay guys that took on like black women personalities? Yeah, you could say that. Okay. I have we have to do a whole episode about that because I hate that how that's a thing. Yeah, you but can yeah, he totally episode. was. Uh and there was again there was always a lot of tension between some of the not all of them but some of the singers and dancers you know it'd be kind of it'd be kind of clicky high schooly for all Mm -hmm. intents just to put that out there um but this guy he wasn't very well liked i think really by all of them uh maybe only like one or two of them kind of stood by side by a lot of things but this one day he 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 and another dancer she did not like him and he did not like her and it was like very well known that they did not like each other but they worked together because you know they wanted to put out a good product for you know the guests and whatnot but mm-hmm. over the course of the holiday and the park season and i think even fright fest because they because they brought him in during fright fest and they stayed till the end of the year but during the uh, the Fright Fest, or, or sorry, Holiday in the Park, which is the Christmas time for Six Flags, 
um, they they had like just been getting not getting into it, but like tensions had been building and building. And I remember one day, one day, this is maybe like uh, one of the first performances of the day. Um, and I remember the, the show, the performance they had just got done, maybe like five minutes later dude comes storming out from the back area keep in mind the stage is like right in view of the guests and the backstage area entrance is like right in view of the guests so he comes storming out from the backstage area into view of guests and is yelling uh not at the top of his lungs but he, he his voice is raised he's yelling uh screaming at this girl and I, I don't know it. I don't know what he said verbatim, but I know what he ended it with. And he ended it with, and I'm not even joking. He said this in front of guests. He said this in front of people. It was very awkward. He said, no, something, something, something. You done fucked with the wrong one. And okay. yeah, that was said in front of guests like whatever argument they were having had spilled out in front of people and me and like, I, and I'm, and I'm a, you know, sound technician. And I think there were like three of us underneath like a tent, like a propped mm -hmm. up tent. And we were, we all looked at each other with jaws on our jaws on the floor, eyes wide open. <laughs> like, yo, did this really just happen? And, and of course, you know, they conducted an investigation. I get called into the office and I, and I had to tell him like, yeah, he, he said you fucked with the wrong one. He said, he said it in front of people very loudly. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, and I don't think we ever saw him again, if I'm being honest, or maybe they, 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 they couldn't fire him during the investigation, I guess. So I guess he stayed like another day or two, but after that he was sacked, but but yeah, that was, and and if we ever get Merrick on, I'm sure he could, I don't know if he was there or, or if he remembers, but maybe he could elaborate on some details that I'm missing or I'm, I'm misremembering, but yeah, that was, that was, oh God, that was a time. The singing, the singers and dancers era of Six Flags when I was there was certainly, um, interesting. It was very interesting, I must say, because there was also there was another guy he uh this isn't more so drama at first but it turned into drama by the end of it he was uh polyamorous that mm -hmm. he that was the very first time i'd ever been exposed to polyamory i had no idea what that was i had i had, I had to have that explained to me like three times uh while i knew this guy and uh for those of you that don't know polyamory is uh the idea or i guess uh, having having multiple lovers, um, yes. just having so, multiple lovers. While while we're on disclaimers and notices, if y'all don't know what Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is, for those who don't know what that is, it's an amusement park. So they're mostly known for like roller coasters. And if you're like me who don't like roller coasters, you don't really go because they don't really have anything else there. Well, I guess they have animals. But yeah, they've got animals there. Yeah, not like the zoo animals. They're like rehabilitated animal or rehabilitation animals, um, so it's not like they get stolen and kept in captivity for the rest of their lives, like SeaWorld. Anyways, what? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Six Flags Discovery Canyon, the thrill capital of Northern California. Anyway, uh, 
Um, but yeah, th this this guy was polyamorous, and I think he was in a relationship with I think someone else in the group or one of the dancers in the group. I'm pretty sure they were in a relationship, and there was another girl who I think had feelings for him, but she wasn't polyamorous, right? And she had a boyfriend, and I think over the course of this of the Fright Fest and uh, Holiday in the Park season, she had developed feelings for the polyamorous guy, but her boyfriend at the time found out, and then they had a whole... Uh, granted, none of this took place at the park, but I, I, I heard this down the grapevine. Um, and she ended up falling for this dude. She broke up with with her boyfriend, she went from being in a monogamous relationship to being in a polyamorous one over the course of like 12 weeks. It was crazy. It was one of the craziest things. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, and, and of course, if uh, I, man, I got it. I got to get America on like, cause so we, cause we need to talk about some of the stuff that went down at that park. Cause my God, just the singing and dancing alone, the dancers alone were, or they were a handful in and of themselves right off the bat. But then some of the stuff that went down between them was just, you could, just, it was like a real life, uh, like TLC drama reality show type shit. That, that's that's the, like, it's the only thing I miss about I, Six Flags. Is no. the drama? Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I miss about that place. Because <laughs> it was like it was one juicy. baby daddy away from World Star. <laughs> Yeah, some of the stuff that went down, man, like it was, it was, and then, and then don't get me started on some of the hosts. The hosts are people that like maintain the stadiums in between shows and stuff. And they're kind of like ushers, I guess you could say, um, you know, they'll like escort, not like escort you into the stadium, but they'll say, like, you know, shoulder parking this way, splash zone down there, you know, all this kind of stuff. They'll give you general information mm -hmm. about the shows and whatnot. There was, there would always be some drama between, or I guess infighting between some of them. Because uh, uh, keep in mind, guys, Six Flags is nothing but young people that work there. Anyone from like the, it's, it's like a rite of passage. From uh, what I know, for like yeah. the, the neighboring cities, if you live close to Six Flags, that's it's like, like your, your first, first job. job. Yeah, that's like everybody's first job. So everyone that works there is anywhere from the between the ages of like fifteen, normally going up to like maybe like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Uh, and of course, mm -hmm. there are older people that work there. Those are like your managers, um, supervisors, all that kind of stuff. So it mm -hmm. kind of runs the gamut of ages. But a lot of the young people uh, um, were working. Uh, they put them as hosts. You know, it's a very easy job. Um, you have to have basic customer service skills to do that job. I think really anybody could do it. But yeah, you can imagine you put a lot of high schoolers together every single weekend um some you know drama obviously because they're still in high school themselves they're still going through it hormones and whatnot some some um things are bound to happen things are going to get said all that kind of stuff so yeah i heard my fair share of host stories uh hosts falling in love with each other all that kind of stuff it, it was like a whole thing yeah, I feel like I was really lucky to kind of mind my own business for a lot of different uh, like places that I've worked at. It was really only ever if like I felt really like betrayed or like if something just wasn't fair. When I was younger, I used to have a lot of like not res I don't even know what to call it, but like 
if something was unfair, like it would bug the fuck out of me. Like I would hyper fixate on it for so fucking long. And it could be because of my, be, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. it could be because of my anxiety. Um, but it, it used to really bug me. And so those were really the moments where like I kind of created workplace drama, I guess. Um, I remember one time there, there, I was like hanging out with like coworkers from, from my job. This was like back when I was like 17, 18. Um, and we had went to the beach and, you know, like we were talking shit about other coworkers. We were talking shit about management. Like we were just venting about the workplace realistically. I don't really think we were actually talking about coworkers. We might've been talking shit about one or two, but like. Generally, the coworkers weren't the issue. Um, but I remember we that was a, like on a weekend. We went to the beach. Mm-hmm. And then we came back. And like one by one, we were all getting called into the office during like our shifts, like our first shifts back from the weekend. And somebody snitched that we talked all that shit. Ooh, and it was oh, like, no. and it was like specific things that like, oh, this person said this, this person said this, Yesenia said this. And I remember, like, somebody thought it was me, and they thought it was me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was one of the main ones talking shit. Like, why would I snitch? Like, what gain does that have for me? But it was a bigger issue because it was said that a manager was dating one of the, like, regular part-time employees. Mm. But it was, like, a good, like, 20 years age gap. Like, the manager was married. Like, it was a whole scandal. And someone had said that I said that they were together. And I was like, no, I did not say that. I said that rumor was already going around and felt hella unrealistic. Because I did say that I had heard that rumor and I wanted to know if anybody else had heard it. But I was like, everyone was so shocked. I was like, I know, like, who the fuck would make this up? Because I didn't believe it was true. And I don't know if it ever was or wasn't. That's not my business. But I remember just hearing it. And I was like, who is this fucking board that they're making up these fucking like drama at work and you know like that's kind of like where we left it that weekend at the beach we never really talked too much about it um but yeah it was just like this whole issue and i felt kind of bad because i was like damn like i don't want people to think i'm out here talking shit or speaking on business that's not mine and at the end of the day i was like this is a retail job like i really don't give a fuck um i just get bothered that people would think like i would like break trust like that you know but you know you live and you learn after that i stopped hanging out with coworkers like that yeah i mean sometimes <clears throat> sometimes it's for the better like that mm-hmm. you gotta uh what's what's it friends close enemy closure something like that yeah and you know sometimes it's just better to buckle down do your work and kind of tune out the bullshit especially if they're trying to like rope you into bullshit you know i think it's just better to like hold your boundaries yeah but also stick up for yourself yeah i think like if if more people really just like put their head down stayed out of trouble uh and just did their job and not you know of course human nature takes over at some point but like you know if you just did your job every day don't get in any drama don't fuss don't argue none of that stuff yeah you're gonna have an easier time mm-hmm. you know than running your mouth trying to get people in trouble or say they did this or that person did that uh, it's, 
no one likes a brown nose, right? So, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what are you going to do? Some people uh, just can't be helped. And uh, unfortunately for a lot of us, you know, the solution would be to just, you know, leave that, leave that toxic environment uh, such as you and, uh, you know, put in that two weeks and just move the fuck on. Yeah. And, you know, for me, for anyone else out there, like, find a place that you can feel like you can leave it at work and come back new the next day. I think that's super important. And reminding yourself that you have more to offer life outside of a 40-hour work week or whatever your work week is. Um, It's just really important to recognize that, like, we're more than just these working machines, you know. Um, And I think it took me a while to recognize that. I really try to I push through the through this job and through this bullshit, but I'm worth more than that, you know. And when it comes to workplace drama, I'd rather have drama because of my patients, because of their families, because of the actual work, not the people that I work with. Uh, <clears throat> absolutely, well said. And you know, Yesenia, I know uh, it's a bad time for you know a lot of. Uh, the stress, you know, the holidays already puts a lot of stress and pressures on us. And of course, you have your workplace stuff and stuff with your mom. Um, you know, all of us are hoping for the best in that situation. Of course, all this stuff happens right around the holidays because, you know, that's when all the bad shit starts happening to people for some strange reason. It's like, what the fuck happens? Uh, why is December 25th just like a magical time of year where stuff just seems to start happening <laughs> around people? It's like mm-hmm. cr- fucking crazy. But, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, these last two weeks treat you kindly, uh, and you can end your year and your 2023 with a bang and hopefully getting banged. (laughs) Yes. And with that, y'all, we did want to just take a moment to kind of say, well, not kind of to say thank you for such an amazing first year of soft boiled. We haven't wrapped up our full year yet, but you know, we did, we did. Uh, start this year in 2023 and you know with the holidays coming up we will be taking a holiday break especially with me wanting to prioritize my family and like the medical stuff we have going on um deandre and i both decided it would be best to just kind of make this like our last little episode for 2023 and you know pick back up in 2024 i'm definitely trying to have like a one year like a real like actual one year anniversary like soft-boiled special so stay tuned for that um but we thank you so much for listening for making us for i seen some of y'all's uh spotify rat and we were like your top listen to podcast which was really fucking cool i cried um like it's it's so cool to to know that people are listening um and we hear your feedback we have a lot of things we're working on we want to address a lot of feedback that we've been getting um it just came at you know a really weird time at least for my personal life and my family stuff going on um but i'm hoping in 2024 dean and i will have a great plan to start addressing some of the feedback we've been getting mix things up you know accept the changes that need to come with soft boiled not too many changes but how to get us perfectly soft boiled and increase our listenership i think that's overall my goal for us at a soft boiled podcast um and more instagram engagement i'm trying to figure out how to get that so yeah hopefully we 
are going to get great feedback on the work that we've been doing, the work that we will be doing, and most importantly, um, you know, for our soft-boiled listeners, we wish you a very merry holiday, a very happy holiday, hopefully a very healthy holiday. It's cold and there's germs everywhere. Um, Dean, I don't know if you have any, like, wrap-up words or messages that you want to send people off for this last episode of 2023? Uh, no, I think you pretty much hit it on the head. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Like you said, going to be taking in some more feedback for 2023 going forward. Uh, hopefully mixing things up. Uh, I have some ideas of how we can do things differently. So stay tuned for all of the exciting things we have for you in 2024. Thank you for an exciting 2023. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening, whether this is your first time Hopefully it won't be your last and you can stick around for much, much more because we have a lot in store for you coming up uh, in the next few months and beyond. With that, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for an exciting 2023. And we hope to see you all in 2024. And with that, y'all, you have just been soft boiled yeah <laughs>